This is the MFG Cast. Everybody, Kurt here. I am by myself. No Tracy today. Tracy is watching Logan. Don't fret, my friends. I dis and I think I may have mentioned this maybe this last episode or maybe in previous. It's one of those things where sometimes you try to go out there and you try to find people to come on and guest and like you do all the work and it's like nobody wants to do it, you know, or you know I'm too busy <laughs> or whatever, you know. So. You know, sometimes, I'm not going to lie, sometimes I get very self-conscious. Like, what am I doing wrong? Did I do something or whatever? People are just busy. Sometimes people have other things that are just, you know, I'm not saying that what I'm not, what I have going on is not important, but that's probably more important for them to do their thing. So sometimes it (laughs) happens. But I actually put out a call and said, would anybody like to be on the podcast as a guest to talk about certain things? And... Man, did I get a response. And it was it was very nice. It was very nice, very humbling. I'm very tired. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, it's gonna be awesome because we have awesome some awesome stuff lined up, not only in the board game community, but the RPG community and just gaming in general. So sit back, have lots of fun. But my guest today is going to be Pedro. You know what? Pedro, I didn't even ask how to say your last name, but let me guess. Let me guess. Yeah, go for it. Galicia. Close. Galicia. Galicia. Dang it. That was the other option I had. I always say the wrong one. I usually get Garcia, so don't don't worry. (laughs) Mr. Garcia here? Uh, I'm so sorry, American Express. (laughs) I wish he was. No kidding. I think he's never lived here before. If you want to hear something (laughs) hilarious, you should listen to my interview with Alan Panicle at Gen Con, an artist that I've been following for a very long time. And for some reason, I must have got dyslexia when I actually talked to him because I wanted to say polanical or something like that. And <laughs> so I literally, I was talking to him as I was interviewing, so I freaked out. And I was like, I should have asked him to begin with. And I <laughs> asked him during the interview. He told me the right way to say it, Alan Panicle. And I go, Alan, Lana. like literally, I just, <laughs> just faked my way out of it. And if you, Alan, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like, it's so bad. <laughs> And I'm sure he caught it, and I'm sure he would just shook his head like, you're an idiot, but you know what? Hey, it happens. I don't, if the name isn't easy to say, I think most of us are just like, it's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, my last name is yeah. super Polish and German. My last name is Amuler. <laughs> and when people read it, they just it, it makes their brains freeze. And I, I understand. I <laughs> We've all done it, you know? So I always go, yeah. just think of... Oh, Mueller, you know, and then people still can't get it. You know, and I'm just like, whatever, it's fine. Just call oh, me Mueller. Kurt. We're all good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so Pedro is here from the from the world of World Walkers. Um, also, he also has an awesome online um, 
Well, I don't want to call it comic book. What 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 do you call it? I don't know. What are we, what are we talking rule about? Rule zero. Oh, you want rule zero? Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, webcomic. That's Webcomic. That's what, yes, uh, duck. Yeah. God, I don't know. I feel like no, I, I, I just literally just aged myself for like 30 years. Nah. What do you call that thing when you put the funny papers on? <laughs> it, it's got the little, it's got the cartoons, but they don't move. <laughs> like That's right. Oh, my God. So bad. So bad. No, cool. I, yeah, I actually just kind of soft restarted it, actually, mm-hmm. in that, like, I'm going to be reposting everything to Instagram and to, uh, like, at Rule, it's at uh, Rule Zero Comics, if anyone wants to follow. But it's on Instagram, it's on Twitter, and I never did that when I first started. I kind of said, like, here's the update, but you had to go to the website. Yeah. Because we were all, like bitter and you better go to my website uh, <laughs> but i'm reposting everything to the to twitter and to instagram while i'm working on new stuff so nice yeah i didn't know you i didn't know you stumbled across that's cool thank you oh heck yeah well i think that's how i originally found you actually is i was oh i wow. was reading i was reading the webcomic i was like god this is kind of cool I, i'll follow him you know and <laughs> you know lo and behold you start up this whole thing but let Let's have you explain it. So, you know, how did sure. you, how did you grow into gaming? Um, I started um, April tenth, nineteen ninety six. I know the specific year what? and the time. What do you What do was, you mean? You know, it was the exact, two days after my brother's birthday. What time was it? Was it like seven thirty p.m.? I couldn't tell you. That part. <laughs> I have failed you. I failed you, Master I, I, Wayne. I got you. Um, <laughs> but it was two days after my brother's birthday, so that's how I know. And my friend Nathan, who is now in World Walkers, actually, he came over and he's like, dude, I just stumbled across this game. It's so crazy. And we just sit and he kind of explained the very basics of D&D to me. I made a rogue named Lobo. I died right away. I fell in love. And so I started running games and nobody was doing it at my high school. So nobody like nobody had an idea if it was cool or not. So I started running games for everybody, and I had 23 players um, after a few months, and we played before school started, we played during lunch, we played after school, and I thought it'd be cool if all the games were running in the same situation, so they all played in the island, and it was kind of like this, like, it was like our little MMO before we knew what MMOs were. Because if somebody came into an area, I'd be like, oh, I had a list. And I was like, well, the Aaron's in this spot. So I would call up Aaron and be like, hey, Mike just came into the area. And I'd put him on speaker and we would play. Like, I kept track of all the times and everything. Everything was, like, in the same continuity. And... Yeah, it was it was super fun. We played during class sometimes if the teacher wasn't looking. I skipped lunches to go play with other people. And yeah, it wasn't we had a big magic scene and we had this D&D scene. So, we didn't know it was nerdy. <laughs> I was very lucky. That's awesome. I always love I yeah. always love how it's just, you know, it's yeah, it's just hey, it's just normal for us to do it. So, you know, we had jocks, we had regular kids, we had kids that would grow up older to be nerdy. Nice, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I always love. I like that story. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, so you've always been the GM. I yeah, I don't like playing. So <laughs> I okay. Wait a uh, minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, I just I don't told someone else that. this on another yeah, in another interview, and they were like, "Hold on, I've never heard this." <laughs> I don't. I I like. I like telling the stories. I like setting the stage, and I love watching people 
take a story and turn it into their own thing. But I, I get too competitive when I play. Like I have a hard time just sitting back. I, I want to completely obliterate the storyline. Like, and I don't know how to turn it off. And I, I get anxious because other people, you know, they're playing these really great thick characters. And I'm like, I only want, I, it's funny as a DM, I play a thousand characters as a player. I, I get too competitive and I just want to beat it as effectively as possible. (laughs) It's not good. Yeah. (laughs) That's probably. I lasted one campaign. I played one campaign over a summer. It was super fun. The GM was genius. It was great. But even he was like, I'm so glad you played and I'm glad that you were there because we beat the, everyone beat the scenario, but Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. Like, he had to change the scenario at the end on the fly because what I had figured out, this isn't me bragging, I hope, um, but it's just, it's more of me trying to, like, break myself down. I don't know how to calm down. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, so you, I don't really enjoy it. So, are you like that in other aspects or is it just D&D? I don't think so. I play, I've been playing WoW lately yeah. and um, I don't like, playing a character that is easily squishable and can die easy yeah. but I don't think I get competitive <laughs> I I don't know maybe this is like an intervention if, if like <laughs> yeah, exactly uh, Pedro we have your friend Sean on the line he's uh, saying that uh, we need to have a talk yeah. right right he's <laughs> <laughs> like well Sean I haven't seen you in 15 years we got a lot more to talk about then that's why he hasn't talked to you in that long. He, then why I have the shakes when I'm playing shaman? Like exactly. it's taken him that long to get the courage to come, come <laughs> yeah. at you. Uh, that's hilarious. So I like to ask. I always, you know, we don't have a lot of GMs on here, so I always like to ask about oh. style of GM. So when it comes yeah. to that, is it something where are you very prepared, very you know, all these notes and all these things that you have, or is it something like? You know, I have a couple of things that I have written out, but a lot of it's in my head and I can just roll with whatever anybody throws at me. I think I, w- I should preface this because I'm always trying to be very cognizant of people that are listening. I know that like um, I- I'm always trying to be aware of like somebody hears and they go like, oh, well, that's not how I do it. I should preface it. I've been playing for 20 years. What I do now might be different than what I used to do mm-hmm. <laughs> because I play the same continuity. I play the same worlds. So I can keep a lot of stuff in my head. I can improv, but so I don't, what I do is I write, um, I, I start kind of free writing to get my brain going. And then as long as they're in a place in the world that I've played before, I can, I don't have to have a lot of notes for that. Generally speaking, I write out, how does the game open? Because I want to catch people's attention right away. I feel like if you don't catch them in a certain amount of time, they're going to go think about and do whatever. You know, it's like a movie. Movie takes more than five minutes to get in, get interesting. I'm kind of checked out. And then from there, I try to write out, here's where, here's how they, not what, it's not, I don't write out scenes that I think they need to do. I write out, here are the scenes I think I can predict that are going to happen. Here's the scene where everything's going to go wrong, because that can happen. <laughs> and I just kind of freewheel it from there. Okay, so then I have a question for you, just because I yeah. have been struggling myself. I yeah. I have 5E, and I have a th- something in my head. 
And I will admit to you, I am actually very nervous and scared mm-hmm. to actually run my own campaign. Yeah. Because, uh, number one, I'm not very good at remembering things. I just That's mm-hmm. just not my thing. And I'm also afraid of not letting my players play the story, me actually trying to lead them too much. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, have you ever had that? I think every DM at some point has had that where they, you know, whether whether you're a completely freewheeling, like, improv master or whether you're super strict, everyone, I think, at some point writes out and has a really great idea, they think, in their head and then watches as the group stabs the NPC and goes, <laughs> oh, my God, now what? Like, everyone has it. But I think, like... For me, the best way to kind of break through that is try not to write the story as much. Try to write the um, the checkpoints and the location. Okay. They'll figure it out, and you can kind of, depending on your GM style, you can lay out, like, if you're like, okay, so the there is a prince who was murdered a hundred years ago, and uh, his soul gem has been found, and there's a way to resurrect him uh, without the usual uh, hubbubaloo with a priest and all that stuff, right? The crystal's been brought, and someone, whoever brings him back, has him under his under their control. Let's say, right? Um, you don't need to write up a story past that. You put the crystal in the town, right? Mm-hmm. And you fi- you write down a couple different ways they can find the crystal. And then you write some details of the town and give them an opening scene. They'll figure the rest out. Okay. And then the story can be they're stuck on a, on a never-ending escort quest because they've got the crystal <laughs> and they don't know where to go. Nice. Yeah. That's it. Nice. Then they'll think of like they'll come up with where they think they need to go. They'll ask you questions. And then if you've kind of like mapped out your little opening city enough – you can answer those questions. Then you don't have to over-prepare. Just set the scene. Okay. That'd be my advice. Oh. I don't know if that helps. Oh, no, that. it does. It does. I might, ha- oh, cool. I might have to I might have to tweet out at you every time I have a question. I'm just kidding. Just Hit kidding. me up. Just yeah, kidding. I love it. I don't know. I love helping. So, no, it's all good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so the reason why we actually had you on here, or the reason you wanted to come on, and one of the, the intervention, you, I get yeah, it. exactly. Sorry, <laughs> God, it's real. It's getting really, uh, it's getting really crowded in here. I, I, I yeah, yeah, it's weird. They're all in the same room with me. It's it's weird. I I could have, uh, I flew them down. They're all here. It's like fifteen of them. But no, uh, the reason why we came on here is because you suggested something which I feel like I don't hear enough about, and I thought it was it'd be kind of a cool subject to talk about. And you were mm-hmm. talking about the pos- uh, for you having struggles with maps in your games. Sort of, yeah, yeah. It's because I think the trend seems to be everybody marvels at the idea, oh my gosh, what if you went theater of the mind? Imagine, because that's what you're going to have to do. Imagine what would it- And there's a lot of love from that way. And I, I think it's awesome, but um, I think that there's a conversation, a really interesting conversation that can be had for either side. If you're moving to maps, there's things you have to consider. And if you're moving to theater of the mind, there's things that you have to kind of weigh and consider as well. And sometimes I think the discussion about the majesty and the raw 
never-ending story like power of one side or the other just means that we're not actually talking about practical advice. We're just in love with the idea. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and, and, I don't and it's yeah. Well, and let's go off of that. You know, I like I like the idea from uh, both sides. From what I can see right now, is like when you're doing theater of the mind and something of a map. Like, I feel like you almost have to do more work because you're trying to, you know, say like someone's like, okay, I am fighting a half orc. You know, you know, how far am I? And you're like, okay, well, you're like twenty feet. And they're like, okay, well, but what's around me? And you're like, okay, well, it's a cave, and there's slagmites and slagtites, and you know, it's it's slippery, you know, and it's it, you know, there's yeah. it, you know, it feels like you really have to go to a lot more and use a lot more energy as a GM to kind of do those things. Where nowadays it seems like everybody and their mom and their grandma has something where it's like, oh, we've got these map tiles, and we've got these map, you know, these <laughs> elaborate maps, and we've got you know, people are using you know, old, old board game components and, you know, just mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ways that you can do it that might actually help a lot, but also may actually hinder the 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 campaign. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's funny because I think there are two underlying truths to theater of the mind. And I use theater of the mind just so we're i'm not bashing it um they're both awesome yeah they're awesome tools but i think the two funny things i always think about are the fact that if you move to theater of the mind especially in D 5e right everything is 30 feet away or increments of 30 feet <laughs> anytime you you ask the dm like how far is this monster if the dm wants you to be there and uh and attack it's 30 feet away it's never 40 it's never 20. <laughs> we have DMs. We always think in, in increments of 30. How far is away? It's 60. Because I don't want you to attack him yet. I need him to cast a spell. Yeah. Um, it's, it's never 65 or 48. Um, and the other thing is that, as far as I understand it, like D&D's, uh, well, Wizards of the Coast really saw the um, the potential for streaming and online games, mm-hmm. which is why they kind of just tossed map play to the side if you look there's very little in there they don't really support that and it's mostly because they want to be streamable not because you know as far as i know anyway it's not because they thought map play is a deterrent to their system yeah it's because they really want it to be streamed yeah definitely um (laughs) but yeah they both have these amazing pros to them you know but I think there's things you have to consider when you're moving your group. If you were starting off fresh, this might be a different conversation. But when you have a group and you want to make the transition, there's certain things to consider. And I think, really, yeah, I would I'd, maybe I'd amend that. Either either way, whether you're switching your group over or not, it's really important to kind of be aware of what you can do with each one and what you might lose if you switch. If you want to like give your game the kind of uh the best go when you're starting off or switching. Yeah. Well, and you have to, and another thing that I, you know, a thing that I have, I've heard before and I've kind of adopted myself too, is sometimes you have to listen to your group because yes, you know, your, yeah. your group may be like, this is, wait a minute, this is dumb. I don't like this, you know, either, either mm-hmm. one, you know, so you have to be really cognizant of that too, because you know, it, some things, even if it's something as small as a map, it really can take people out of it. So you have to be careful. 
Yeah. There's there's so many different types of players, and I think it's sometimes it's really important for us, if you're a GM, DM, storyteller, to take a step back and realize that it's not your game. It's our game. Because sometimes you see a player, we were just, I was just talking about this uh, earlier this week. Um, sometimes you see a player on their phone and you think, wow, dick move. <laughs> <laughs> but they're actually somebody who struggles with social interactions. And this is really important to them, but they're doing what they got to do. This is the way they want to play. If they show up at your table every week, you know, they want to be there. <laughs> yeah. There's so many different types of players that you're exactly right, that some players, would thrive in theater of the mind. And there are other players who are like, how many orcs are there? <laughs> what do they look like? Wait, are there things around me? Is there a box? Well, I don't know if there's a box. You didn't say there was a box. Like, you do the thing that will uh, behoove your group and yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of, I read this this article online. Yeah, definitely. And I guess theater of the mind is trash. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you really have to be careful with that. Like, even... You know, I play on a, um, I play a Fear Itself campaign, and um, one of our players, John, like, he's one of those guys that is, even though he's a player, I, I think also he likes to move the story along himself, and he likes to throw details mm-hmm. in and stuff like that. So every once in a while, he'll do that thing, or he'll be like, you know, we don't do any maps. It's all theater of the mind. So, yeah. you know, anytime it's like something, he'll be like, well, what if, you know, you know, maybe there's something here and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes it's good. And sometimes I'll pick on him all the time. I'll be like, dude, you don't <laughs> let, let our GM decide what's going on here. You don't have to go, well, maybe there's a Bible in here or maybe there's this. And it's like, you can suggest. He's constantly kicking down the door. Michael Scar and FBI. Yeah, like. yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, so every once in a while I, you know, I'll pick on him and be like, you know, well, let's just calm down a little bit. But also, there'll be times where I'll, where he'll say something, and I'll be like, "Wow, that's brilliant! I love that mm-hmm. idea." You know, but um, yeah, I just so you're talking about uh, talking about you know growing up through D and D and stuff like that. So when it comes to your you know to you know where you're at, you know, depending upon you know the world mm-hmm. and the town and stuff like that, has that has that progressed for you? Has that been something where you started off as one thing and gone to another, or has it just been kind of very similar as you've grown? I think it's it's probably stayed within a certain ballpark. I don't think, um, you know, I don't have the I don't have the bird's eye view that my players would. They might have a completely different perspective on it. Yeah, but um, we've pretty. I think I've I've. My interest has always been in long story arcs. My interest has always been in um, improv once we're in town. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like, you know, I don't uh, favor random encounters. So all of those things have been kind of uh, the same. We, in regards to maps versus theater of the mind, I think I used to rely a lot more heavily on maps. And then mm-hmm. as you know, as it, it's been playing for like what twenty years now. So as things have changed, as I've gotten older and stuff, it's been easier to just switch over to theater of the mind. Uh, it's also been cheaper <laughs> to switch over. To yeah, definitely, <laughs> especially nowadays. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah. But um, so it's been kind of easier to switch to uh, theater of the mind for a lot of stuff, maps if we need it. But since I play online almost exclusively now, 
it's it I switched to theater of the mind and only recently this is why I thought of the topic only recently have I begun moving over to online map play to help better understand what's going on because there's I think there's an added um layer of I don't say a difficulty, but maybe an obstacle. If you're playing online, when you're looking at the computer, your browser's right there, and Twitter is right there, and so many other things are right there. And I'm not dissing it. I'm not saying that people who use, you know, everyone does it, right? But what I'm saying is that as a DM, you now, because of the way the game has evolved, you have one more thing you have to battle with. Not negatively. But, you know, if if it's all theater of the mind and everyone has uh, Chrome open, that is now an aspect of the game <laughs> in the same way that ordering pizza was an aspect of the game because everyone's got greasy hands and everyone's busy fighting over the sausage. And you got to keep their attention that way. <laughs> um <laughs> Playing on, you know, playing online adds a new um, complication to the mix because everyone can focus on something else. So when you're in theater of the mind, you have to add new skills to your repertoire in order to keep uh, the fight uh, in order. Mm -hmm. Because depending on how hardcore you are with your fights, you can make a really difficult fight that requires a lot of uh, complex strategic maneuvering. And if somebody is checking out their Instagram, they, they probably don't remember. That's happened a lot with uh, some of my games where they're like, oh, wait, how many soldiers are there? <laughs> oh, I don't remember. I just want to hide. You can't hide. They're all looking at you. What? <laughs> and then you've got one player who has seven to ten tabs open, and they've got all the rules open, so they can call you out every time. There's a lot of things that are going on besides the game anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and I can even admit to, you know, going back to that Fear Itself game, we stream live on YouTube. So, you know, a lot yeah. of times it's our faces, you know, we can see each other. But uh, yeah. I think one time I had to turn my microphone off because I actually had to lay down on my couch and play because my back was just killing me. I could not. Oh. I couldn't stand it. And I was like, I wanted to play this game. And I will tell you, just staring into the void where you can't see anything but somebody's picture or seeing, you know, our yeah. our MFG cast logo and I can't see anybody else. Like it's boring after a while. And sometimes your 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 mind goes elsewhere and you know, yeah. unfortunately. And you know, and then you have to be like, "Oh, wait a minute. Sorry. I just checked out there for half a second. Where were we?" And, and that's totally legit. I think that sometimes people get really antagonistic about it and they don't want you it's so important as whether you're a player or a GM to accept the way that it works and rise to the challenge instead of complaining, ugh, these players are, ah, oh, this, this, this. Just, this is the way it works now. It's like complaining about Facebook. I mean, you should be careful what you post on Facebook. So that, but <laughs> there were so many older people back in the day who were like, I don't think I want the Facebooks. I think people are on the Facebooks too much. And it's like, it's Facebook, man. Like, I need Messenger. It's... <laughs> You gotta make like Elsa and let it go, man. Like it's here. Um, <laughs> but uh, here's a fun thing: uh, once you see it, uh, you might not be able to shake it off. But if you can see everyone's face when you're playing online, watch people's face and wait until their face suddenly goes uh, white. 
It means they opened a new browser tab. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel once, bad. Once I, I noticed that. I feel bad. I've actually done that on streams where I'm talking to people, and that's where, like, yeah. usually I'm just trying to find the next question because I'm like, God, where do I go from here? No, yeah, And then I do not, that, and I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, it makes me look like such a douchebag. No. You know, I'm like, no, no I'm, no. I'm literally, just I'm engaged yeah. still. I'm just trying to find the next question. I'm sorry. Yeah, I yeah, even had my legit. wife one time. She's like, you keep looking off to the side when you think. I'm like, that's how I think. My eye has to go mm-hmm. up, and then I think and I think about it. I'm sorry I'm not staring yeah, at yeah. the screen the whole time. <laughs> no, it's legit. It's just that's I think it's empathy, like anything else, like any other aspect of life, right? Empathy is so important. Like at the end of the day, we're all here. We're hanging out. It's supposed to be fun. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so what? So what resources and stuff like that? Now that you're going more into the physical realm of of map making and stuff like that, what? What things are like tri- tips and tricks have you found that you were like, "Wow, this is this will be fun." Unfortunately, nothing physical because oh. I play online, so I have to use roll twenty, <laughs> <laughs> which is like the way of the world. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what I do is I look for um, I'm 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 looking for uh, and look my um, my Twitter handle is at the Pedro Galicia. If you make maps, hit me up. I'm trying to figure out people that make good maps so I can use them in my game. Um, so I'm kind of fishing around on different people's Patreon accounts because, like, people are making awesome maps and they're doing it on Patreon. You you become a member of their Patreon. You pay a couple bucks a month and you get just insanely sweet stuff. Like, So I'm trying to find a couple map makers that I can... Uh, greatly utilized. So uh, for me, I think, um, you know, in real life, I was going to get super boring in a second, hopefully not. (laughs) It's a great pitch for this podcast. Um, (laughs) No, in real life, I'm very, I'm very cognizant of uh, visuals. I'm a very visual person, right? In real life, if you've got a flat canvas and you're drawing squares, it's okay because people have amazing figurines. Right. So there's still something to take in and it can be very exciting to see everyone's minis. Right. Um, On roll 20, if I just have a flat canvas and I just quickly draw some squares, um, it takes me out of the game a lot faster. So I'm always looking for for me. The trick is engaging maps, first of all. Definitely. I like I think I feel like it keeps players involved just a touch more because I've had players who look if I just simply draw a map and, and throw it into uh, roll 20. There's something this is what I was going to talk about with the idea of when you switch from theater of the mind to maps. One thing you have to be aware of for some of your players is they may find the the drawings a little confining because they're like, well, there's no box there. There's no crate there. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> some people, when they see a map, they just feel it as the final word. And so I feel like if you're going to make that switch to maps, don't don't lose fact, don't lose sight of the fact that you are still the narrator. You're still painting. You've got to keep that narrative thing going because it's very easy for people to move from role playing to battle masters to war gamers. Once everything's on the board, it's easy to just go like, all right, roll, you hit, 20 damage, uh, Kyle. Like, because now you got the map, you're focusing on the map. I feel like as the GM, you're the conductor. 
you still gotta you know you still gotta run your symphony you gotta if you are descriptive and you're engaging in narrative your players have every reason to stay up there with you but if everyone kind of looks at the map and then falls into wargaming which is bad but um you lose a lot of description or at least there's a potential for it yeah definitely. so i try to keep engrossing maps so that people kind of remember that this is awesome and alive uh i use music um I have a weird advantage because all the music in World Walkers is for specific purposes. They're all interlinked. So if you hear a song in one episode, you know what it means if you study the music. So I can bring that music into my other games and it keeps people's attention, hopefully, because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's all callbacks and stuff. So musics and engaging maps, I think, are really, really important. That's awesome. I even, yeah. I even, you know, when I first started listening to your podcast, I, you know, I, I heard you, you know, give a, a shout out to Battle Bards because you use their music and we love their music here. So we love Alex and the guys. So that's awesome that you were doing that too. Cause sometimes even. I did a few comics for them actually. Did you really? I don't know if any. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's way back in the day. I did uh, three different comics. Uh, Howard, one of the characters from my comic, uh, he decides to uh, play a battle bard, and it's like it's a three three comic uh, series. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is too funny. Sorry, I am actually trying to find somebody that I know that I know does maps really well, and I can't find them because <laughs> for some reason. I've got I've got old dad brain and I can't remember. Oh, I I have not looked. Uh, this is not me selling or plugging. I don't know, but I stumbled across um, Map Hammer, and they seem to have some really cool stuff. And I'm I'm looking at them, so I can't can't say I recommend them because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yet, but they seemed awesome. Them and the other people I'm looking at are um, Zay and Pico. Uh, C-Z-E-P-E-K-U. Again, not plugs. I just i am a pretty straight talker. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, and they look like their stuff was awesome. And both these people seem to be offering like day and night versions and stuff. And I'm a really, um, I'm very pro Patreon. I'm very pro supporting people on a, on a, uh, a level that doesn't require much effort it's yeah. just appreciation these maps from both these people look incredible so that those yeah. are how i'm scouting oh right i now. found them no it's okay <laughs> i found them steven joy msjmaps.com okay. steven is amazing we've actually what had him on the ms what msjmaps.com all right i got it i'll save it for later yep sounds good yep Yep, yeah. Steven. We've had him on the podcast he's a very interesting guy he's awesome and he makes a <laughs> lot of cool maps um oh these are cool yeah um yeah those are my two things i think um you don't need any of that stuff oh no but if you're looking for easy ways to grab people Mm -hmm. it it certainly helps i don't think anyone looks at a great map and goes oh this guy again (laughs) exactly exactly yeah yeah him with the maps no kidding yeah what's him with the yeah i don't like to see where i'm going and what's going on here look at all these arcane sigils yeah exactly jesus christ yeah yeah no one no one's ever said that in D &D, I don't think so so as a as a artist yourself you know is that something you appreciate more you know when you're looking at these things you're like okay you know i know 
how much work they got to be putting into this because I do something like this myself. I think basically like, yeah, because I focus so much um, when I'm not doing the podcast. um, Yeah, since I'm so like visual driven and I like to draw my own stuff and uh, it's hard for me to look at something that has no visual hook. It's I wish I wasn't like that. It'd be a lot easier. You know, I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it to be snobby. I'm saying that like if I had one of my many flaws would be <laughs> one of them would be so finicky on what uh what I want to use. Like it'd be a lot easier if I was just like squares, bitches like <laughs> this yeah. square is a dragon, this square is a pit, don't fall in it. Let me write P I T Yeah. Underline because it's deep. Like, if I could just do that, I would save myself so much time. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Yeah, it's like... It's the big circle that says, oh, no. Yeah. That'd be so much easier. Yeah. Well, that that pretty much would be me. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> you, you see this chapstick? This is a mountain, you know? And it's like, you know... <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's like, this is the spiral staircase, you know? They're like, yeah, this yeah. looks like a chapstick. Well, theater of the mind. Just, picture Just get a whole bunch of chapsticks and be like, look at all these chaps. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Patrons of the bar. That's right. Um, but yeah, there's probably some truth in that, that like, because, you know, of I, my artistic background, which is very hard for me to admit. I don't, it's like, I'm very self-conscious about the idea of like, I'm a, I'm a c- 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 cartoonist. Uh, <laughs> I, well, that's a funny side note. <clears throat> I had a, uh, a car, uh, an artist from DC tell me to stop drawing comics and never pursue them. (laughs) So I don't have issues. No. (laughs) It's like, maybe you shouldn't do this anymore. I know it's amazing. His name's Gene Ha. Fuck him. Um, Cause I'm not professional. Uh, (laughs) He goes, yeah, maybe you shouldn't do this anymore. I don't know if this is the thing for you. Then there's a pause. He can see that my heart's broken and I'll soon quit comics for years. You know what? There's plenty of cartoonists that can't draw. Don't give up, I guess. Oh, jeez! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what? You should have just given him, given him a, like a knife and be like, you know what? Do you just want to carve up my heart right now? Because I know, right? Jeez. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I took a break. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. I, is, you're allowed any number of uh, hiccups as long as you get back on the horse. That so. is true. That is yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun with with uh, drawing it now. Yeah, yeah. But at the time. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Holy smokes! Don't meet uh, your heroes. Holy smokes! Don't be Gene Haas. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna make that sure. Um, but yeah, so there probably is, like you said, some truth to that of really kind of wanting a visual hook. So yeah, it, it's really like for me again maps. Music that helps keep people's attention, I think. And when you're on something like Roll Twenty, they have a whole bunch of pre-built-in music. I think you had mentioned that uh, there was other stuff built in there from what we call it, um, like sound effects and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those two things I think can really help. But I do think if you're going to switch to maps, one of the uh, pieces of advice I would give you don't you've got to parse out your time mm-hmm. because you can just fall down that rabbit hole. And you could spend hours making the perfect setup, you know, like it could take you forever looking for maps all day and getting all this stuff set up. And it's so easy. So I think you've got to respect yourself, respect your time and make sure that if you're doing all this, 
you're focusing just as much on what the map brings to your game mm-hmm. as it is. Like, what can you do with this map? Not just, do I have the right map and all the right pieces? Like, now that you have a map, you can do some sweet things in combat. You can really focus more on, like... Um, uh, environmental elements you can focus on what could come into the scene like you know don't I will do that I will I will let myself fall into all kinds of rabbit holes trying to now that I got this I can do this and I can do this and I'll keep like oh this icon won't work that's a you and tie show some respect and then I'll I'll keep looking for the right like just <laughs> you'll have a much better game if you can make sure that you respect the amount of time that you need because it's really easy once you start using maps to forget to prep mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> or yeah definitely yeah yeah my i have a a not so heartwarming story of a friend a friend of mine that named gene very good dm and he <laughs> had actually made his own um uh bo- basically like castle and oh had, wow. yeah like it was just if you would if you would have seen this pedro i would i i i, I took a lo- picture a long time ago i'm sure it's not anywhere that i i can but anyway <laughs> it's like yeah just foam core and all this kind of stuff and just gorgeous so we're having this whole game day saturday everyone's gonna hang out we're gonna have this fun we get to a certain point um i think we started at like uh I want to say like 11 o'clock in the morning and about two o'clock, two people drop out Oh, because they have to do something with their family. And now, okay, I have a family. Okay. I understand. I love my family. I do anything for hmm. them. It was nothing pressing. It was just <laughs> all of a sudden we have this game day, this big thing. Everyone's excited. This guy has been working on this thing for a whole month. I, I know no. because he had been telling me, for weeks that he had been working on it and not getting any sleep because he wanted to finish it. And two of our players just decided to up and leave. And it basically ruined the whole campaign. And we really, we, tr- we did our best to try to kind of finish it. But I mean, he was already dejected. And as much as, as much as I love, love this guy, like he has kind of a temper. So he was just, you know, that's all he was focusing on is like, why did these people leave me? And I, understandably, oh, I mean, I would have been sure, broken sure. out of myself. But still, it's like you have you have to almost be careful because, yeah. again, you know, this whole thing is cool, but you know, is this gonna do that much for your story? And you know, in his case, it's like it ruined him physically, said he was sick sick yeah. for the next month. <laughs> that's that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like. You just gotta be careful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are the two things I think really help. Um, and it's like you said, I I love what you said earlier about like making sure it's right for your group mm-hmm. because there's there's just different players with different needs. Some players really benefit from being able to look at a map. And you, what I love is I have a um a player who they're so tactics based. There's they're like a they're so brilliant when it comes to strategy, right? And there is a there's a big difference between the map play and the non-map play and they they just thrive in the map play, mm-hmm. you know? Like um I'm I'm really excited to be reintroducing map play to the main Worldwalkers cast. Mm-hmm. 
and I think the the players in that one, and they're they're just going to destroy. It's going to be so amazing to watch. <laughs> Whereas um, some people really like to be able to just keep it in their mind and improv along, like they're so good at it. But either way, it requires you as a GM to still paint the picture, you know, because I've seen I've seen GMs who. Um, that's the magic of Twitch, right? You get to watch everyone else, even if you don't play. Um, <laughs> but you can you can see GMs who are willing to I don't want to say phone it in, but forget what they could be doing. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to say phone it in, because that's very disrespectful and it makes um, makes it seem like they don't care. They do care, but um, if they it's everyone's game, they can do what they want to. But there's real opportunities with both sides, like you know. If it's not map play, sometimes players feel an immense amount of freedom to describe their actions. And that can be really fun with theater of the mind. Um, whereas if it's map play, those same players, they might be a little more um, reluctant. But then you've got other players who step up and they're like, now I can see exactly what I'm looking at. And they very much, because there's, you can describe a lot, but there's certainly things you're going to forget or you know, if they're packed into a tight corridor, maybe you forget to remind them every round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, things like that. But just kind of being aware of what each one can bring you can be really huge. Like, uh, like I go back to, like, if you're playing with maps, it can be very easy to slip into board mode <laughs> and not be aware of the role-playing aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not guaranteed, but some people do. Yeah. Whereas if you're using maps... Everyone knows exactly what's happening in the battle. Um, you don't have the weird moments where someone's like, I'm going to throw a fireball. Who do I hit? Mm-hmm. And then as you as the GM, you do you really know where everyone is? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or do you want to give them the weird twist like, well, you can cast it here and take out three people, but you're going to hit two of your friends. Or you can cast it there and hit four people, but uh, you're going to hit five of your friends. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you really know that? <laughs> like, but you have to take advantage of it. Without map play, you get to create those situations, mm-hmm. and you can create some really on the fly tense moments in that way too. Yeah, yeah, and that's where the improv part comes in really yeah. well. You know, you can you can do those things. You know, like you yeah. said, and just be like, "All right, I'm gonna throw a fireball." Well, you're in a, this place is all wood, so you're gonna start a huge fire, and everyone's gonna burn in it if you're not careful. Yeah. I, I like that idea of. Of that, so yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I that's why I think one of my favorite parts of any kind of role playing is just that improv of like you know what's going to happen now and you know GMs and players how many curveballs they can you know th- everyone can kind of throw at each other too because that that does happen and it, it's amazing when it does. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I love watching like when I I have one of my groups, my Wednesday group. They are so insanely um, crowd control based that it really like it throws me so many curveballs. It's awesome, and they're really good in theater of the mind. And I I can't help but wonder if we did maps, which we just moved to. I'm almost scared to see what they're going to come up with because <laughs> they they're just so good with crowd control and restricting space. You know, mm-hmm. um, I used to run uh, smash fighting game tournaments mm-hmm. 
And so I know a little bit about like fighting game terms like spacing and things like that. And I can't wait to see what they do with maps and spacing and restricting of options and stuff. It's, it's going to be really fun. But I, I keep going back to the idea that you can do so much for your game by keeping the narration going. If you move, like that's, when we move to map play, I really feel uh, a responsibility to continuously describe, like let someone tell me what they're going to do, get the numbers out of the way, and then narrate to keep them uh, mindful of the fact that we're we're still in the storytelling game. Mm-hmm. We're still we still have all that on the table because I think it can be like I keep saying it's so easy to just kind of roll your dice, move your figures, and kind of go back to playing like Monopoly or something. Yeah, exactly. It could be more of a <laughs> miniatures game than a than an actual role playing game. Which, if everybody wants, is cool. But I think. There's amazing opportunity either way, mm-hmm. but especially if you're if you're playing theater of the mind, and you have all that, I feel like a DM has to really remember it's it's their responsibility, not the players, to keep that up more than anyone else. Because sometimes, like if the game changes, you as a DM, and I've been guilty of this myself, you can kind of be like, oh, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. I just wish they wouldn't. But as a parent. I know that I can't blame my kid <laughs> for not. It's, I've got to set the examples, right? It's the same thing. Like, whatever you like about your game, if you don't see it when you transition from one mode or the other, think about how you can carry that torch and set that example. Yeah, because if you're responsible for the pacing and everything already. so Yeah, that's awesome. So I was able to uh, get some people to respond on Twitter on Facebook about, uh, I asked the question, have you ever GM'd a game where you needed to make a map? Did you have fun doing it or was it complete mm. torture? <laughs> and we, we had some really... Yes to both. Yeah, exactly. We had some really <laughs> good uh, really good responses. Um, one was a, is a uh, reference to, uh, there's a cool deck of cards from at Axbane that, lets, that builds maps for you. So basically, it's a bunch. Oh. It's a deck of many dungeons oh, that helps you build your own. I dungeon. have seen that. Yeah, uh, which I think is very cool. And that was from uh, Mike at Fairway Three Games. Um, John Moffat said, "For world building, it's often where I stop. Start with uh, maps." And then he's. Uh, I said, "Are you a good artist? Or are you just wing it?" And he says, "Wing it." Sometimes I just use MS, <laughs> MS Paint and beg for forgiveness. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good way to do it. <laughs> um, the last one I'll mention too, which is actually a brilliant idea, which I've never even heard of before, which is cool, is uh, uh, at Gameosity says, one way to generate random terrain maps is to get a pile of different dice and roll them. Then a set- Yes, I love that. Oh. I love that method. Yeah, I've never heard of this before. So then he says, then uh, assign each die, or each die type of value. So wherever a D6 lands, that's a mountain range. D6 is... Or D4 are lands, D6s are towns, D10s are mountains, D8s are ruins, D12s are sites of major arcane significance. Love that yeah. idea. It's great. Yeah. I just... Oh. It's just crazy. When you were talking about decks, it reminded me... Uh, this uh, colleague of mine, his name is Peter, and he runs uh, Rock Paper Cynic on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He's got these um these deck of cards that can help you build stories. 
Very cool. So you lay it down, and it, it's, it's got, like, writing prompts, essentially, on the fly for things like protagonist. It's got... It's it's super cool and it like it will throw you like different ideas, right? If you're trying to figure out how to build a story, it I haven't gotten a chance I've gotten a chance to look at them before it went on to Kickstarter and they look super sweet. When you said deck of uh building, it reminded me of that. Like one of the cards is uh like you you draw it and it'll be like a sorcerer or a prodigy or whatever, and you can turn the card and kind of build the story you want. When you said that it reminded me of that. Very cool. Yeah, I I love that that like now now we're in a day and age of like you can find lots of things like this if you're having trouble like like, like I just you know we were having this conversation I reached you reach out to you about you know a problem I have but like literally you can go onto Twitter and just you know ask a lot of people are very nice and you just throw you know throw questions out like that now and you can find a lot of solutions to these problems you may have or like you know, how people have writer's block, you know, there's a lot of different models and, you know, different types of things out there that can help you get out of that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's incredible to just be able to jump on and you just never know. What I love the most is that you never know who's going to respond to it. Like you're not, well, I mean, like you never know, uh, like on Twitter, if I can throw stuff out there, I don't know who's going to come out and be like, oh, that that hits me. So, like, it reminds you of how large the community is because mm-hmm. you don't have to sit inside your bubbles anymore. Yeah, definitely. And that's that's been, like, there are times when I don't know why I'm on Twitter, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. That's one of the reasons why I, I'm still on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's there's a lot of good people on there. Unfortunately, there's a couple of bad things that make you realize that, that you know, People suck, but that's just the way it is. But there are there's more good than there is bad. I feel oh, like it's by just we fa- focus by far. We focus on the bad. <laughs> How many times when you've gone to a restaurant have you had a fine experience mm-hmm. and left a review? Mm-hmm. Never. Yeah, exactly. We only comp- we we only leave reviews when we're upset. <laughs> it's exactly that's just the nature of yeah. But there's you know you go to a restaurant like I said you like you've had. Dozens and dozens of great experiences, but the one time they make you mad, <laughs> that's when you leave the review. And yeah. so, yeah, there's far, far more good in the world than bad. Yeah, overall, definitely. definitely. <laughs> Pick a subject, and you we might we might we might change our opinion. But. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Let's not go that way. Let's not go right, that right. way. We've been having so no, much fun. No, but... <laughs> no, no. Yeah. All right. That's just, yeah, and I think our community yeah. proves that. Because yeah, definitely. Even when something bad pops up, we drive it out pretty fast. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. We have a good job <laughs> of, of calling it out and saying, "Hey, we don't want any of this here. We want to enjoy ourselves." Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, speaking of enjoying ourselves, how can people experience World Walkers and Rule Zero and anything else you well, got going on? So with uh, World Walkers, you can just look it up on nearly any podcasting service that you use. We're on Spotify now. You can look through iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you want to, really. And you just type in World Space Walkers. We've got four seasons up right now. We just finished up our fourth season. And you can jump in on season four for one campaign. You can listen to seasons one through three for an entirely different cast. So that's pretty easy to jump into. We have World Walkers Cog, another podcast that's a spinoff. 
um, that focuses on the steam-powered world of COG. We just launched a new podcast last week, and that is uh, World Walkers The Other Ones, about a group of people who hear the call of destiny and hang up because they really just want to be a startup business even though they're walking around with relics of untold power. Uh, <laughs> I love that uh, one. That's a great idea. <laughs> and that stars the cast of seasons one through three. So it's got Megan McKay from Doodle for Food. It's all web cartoonists. So it's Megan McKay from Doodle for Food. It's uh, Olivia Walsh from Emojin Quest. It's uh, Wes from uh, Pizza Dad Comics. And it's Enzo from Dungeon Construction. So got the group back together for that. It's it's super fun and ridiculous. If you're looking for comics, you can look up Rule Zero at Rule Zero Comics, either on Instagram or uh, Twitter. That's awesome. So I'm going to ask one more question before I let you go. So how did, yeah. how did you get a lot of cartoonists together and say, hey, let's do some D&D? I, okay, here's the real story. I was working on comics. I've been, work, I've been a cartoonist however you want to define that since high school <laughs> let's let's ask mr Hahn about that i'm sorry i'm just kidding yeah yeah <laughs> so i started drawing comics in high school blah 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 i was doing comics back when there was a keen space and a keen spot for anyone that um remembers any of that stuff and then while i was working on comics when there was this thing called um creator hangouts so they would we would do five questions a week. I think they still do it or a form of it, but webcomic hangout. Um, <clears throat> so I used to hang out in the um, the Google Hangouts after those events, and that's where I met uh, Megan McKay from Doodle for Food, and her she had a group of players who were all cartoonists, and they had recently um, had their their campaign fell apart after a few sessions. And she asked if I would run it. And at the time, I was um, I was a professional GM. I was running games out of a game shop. And I was running about nine different games at the time, right? And I said, I can do it, but since this is kind of my job now, I need to be able to do something with it. I don't want to charge you all, but I need to at least turn it into a live stream because I do not have time for a podcast. I now do three podcasts. <laughs> you sucker. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, that's but awesome. that's how it was. Yeah, Megan and I used to talk a lot. And then when she's like, well, you play D&D. Can you set this up? And I said, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we just turned it into a podcast. And um, it's it's been an incredible, um, incredible experience. Like, I... I'm pretty open about this stuff. We've been doing the podcast. They're amazing friends. I was able to be at one of their weddings across the country. Um, We still talk all the time. And they've really helped me on stuff. Like, we've all kind of helped each other. But, like, a couple years ago, if uh, if you don't know, I got, like, diagnosed with cancer. (laughs) And that was a super fun time, obviously. And they were so amazing in coming together. And um, they did, like, a, a... like a donation drive to help things out together. We've kind of turned uh, so much of what's going on into like a positive experience that just from uh, the whole point of the story is this, I was drawing comics and I, I just didn't know where it was going to lead. I had already had Gene Ha break my heart. Uh, (laughs) I had already had all the, you know, I've been doing it 
over and over again. And you just sometimes you do creative work and you don't know where it's going to go. You're not seeing the results you think that you you need to see. And the takeaway from the story is that like you never know what's going to come out of the things that you do. And so the only option you have is to just do it and do it for the right reasons. And you never know what's going to happen because I went from why am I doing these comics all day to multiple podcasts, some of the best friends I could ever ask for. And I'm surrounded by positive experience that helped me in so many ways in my life. (laughs) So, well, it just goes to show you how, the power of gaming and friends and stuff like that can be. Absolutely. Yeah, you just, you never amazing. know. Yeah, anyone that's listening to this that plays anything knows that they've made, whether you think about it a lot or you kind of get feel like it's a little hokey to talk about, we've all made amazing connections that will probably never be uh, severed, except for that one person in your group that's kind of a dick. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Jeff. <laughs> just kidding it's actually his intervention yeah so exactly we... oh geez this is all about jeff the whole time god you know that uh well it was great it was great finally talking to pedro after yeah. conversing on twitter and stuff like that and isn't this was it weird really that i feel like we're internet neighbors for like a long time <laughs> yep it's always the way it works but you know once we once we get talking here i'd love to come on, have you come on yeah. and talk about some other stuff too yeah absolutely I've... real talk like i'm glad that you reached out because any i think a lot of creators i don't like i'm doing a lot i don't always i don't know how to get on like i don't do you just hit people up and say hey can i can you interview me literally like, you know what I mean? that's what you should do <laughs> like literally yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. you should do like but, and it's funny too because I I've even thought about doing that myself. Going, does anybody care about what I have to say? But I kind of want to go right. on and you know yeah. talk to somebody. That would be kind of fun. But I like bringing that stuff up because I think creators we're all really good, whether we know it or not, at, at not exposing the way things work. And that's kind of how it works: is just saying what up. Yeah. Exactly. And it's funny because that's all it takes. You know, just like my intro at the beginning. I just, all I had to say was, somebody help me. We need some guests. And lo and behold, here we are. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's the problem is a lot of people want to like wrap it up in stupid terms like networking. That makes it sound way harder than it is. It's just. Yeah, exactly. Here's my LinkedIn profile. And you're like, we don't need that. Let's just go have a conversation. Let's connect. Yeah, exactly. Oh, jeez. But now, thank you so much for having me on the show. It is super fun. Awesome. I uh, I will come back whenever the door is open, neighbor. Very cool. Definitely. <laughs> and make sure you all come back to next time. Yeah. So for everyone, God, that was a that was terrible. Let's try that again. So <laughs> thanks for listening, and this was the MFG Cast. <laughs> oh Lord. All right. <laughs> Legends of Tabletop Podcast, creating legends one die at a time.